Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, the 2015 NFL season is upon us as uh, things get underway on Thursday and night with the Patriots and Steelers kicking off this season. Uh, and then this weekend you've got the Giants at 8.30 on NBC uh, in the perfect Sunday night football setting to start the season. And earlier that afternoon the Jets will get things going uh, with a home game against the Cleveland Browns uh, with a new regime, new coach, new quarterback, new just about everything for the Jets. And joining me today to talk about the Jets uh, as he did plenty of times uh, last season and in the past, and as he will throughout this season, is my good friend and lifelong Jets fan and season ticket holder and uh, the always optimistic Tim Duff. Tim, how's it going today? I couldn't be better, my friend. Couldn't be better. It's a new day, a new era, and like you said, a new regime. Let's, let's wipe the stink off of what we've dealt with the last couple of years that you know ended up being a very very sad nosedive uh that uh you know left me in a lot of pain but I'm, I'm excited for what we have what we have going on right now i mean i'm always excited four game one i'm always happy i feel like at the beginning of this podcast we need to do like uh you know um last season on the uh, tim duff podcast and <laughs> and, have, <laughs> and have some highlights and some quotes from because uh, i think when we last left off you were you know, telling me that, you know, things weren't as bad as they seemed, you know, the season could be salvaged, Rex, yeah. you still believed in Rex, you still thought Gino could be a franchise quarterback, and uh, I, I don't know where your Mike Sanchez jersey was while you were saying all these things, but um, it the homerism with you, it, it never ends, and I can already sense it coming through with Ryan Fitzpatrick for this season. Well, yes, I'm very glad you don't have the... <laughs> Uh, technical capabilities to play back some of the things I may have said at the beginning of, of last season because yeah, you know it's tough. I mean, you got to be optimistic. You can't go into a season defeated, even if you're a Jets fan, as hard as it may be. But and I said I have said this more than once, but I do think it's going to be a little different this year. I really do. Uh, and you know, not for nothing, I still think Gino could could do something. He could still do something, broken jaw and all. But I am excited about Fitzpatrick. I do think, you know, he could prevent Gino from uh, ever seeing the field this year. And uh, you couldn't ask for a better, uh, you know, backup quarterback. And a lot of credit to McCannon, who I, I love that who he just went and added tons of depth, tons of depth to the team. Well, last season, uh, you know, you were still with Rex, you were still with Gino. And uh, I, I knew things were not exactly starting off well this season when we talked a few weeks ago for the first time, and uh, it was right after yeah. Gino got punched and broke his jaw and, and would miss the beginning of the season, and you said you were actually kind of upset because you said he had been looking good in practice, and right away I knew if you were already getting uh, hopes up for Geno Smith just based off practice <laughs> that I feel like you're setting yourself up for the worst disaster of all time this season if things uh, don't get off to a good start, which they might not because the schedule's pretty challenging for the Jets for the first uh, four weeks before they're by. Well, I, I think Gino, this Gino jaw incident, which only could happen to the New York Jets, may have 
been a blessing in disguise, as people say, about the team, but probably more so has saved me from myself in what I may, what declarations I may have made going into it, where if he was starting, and then we started out 0-4. So we do have a much safer option with Fitzpatrick right now and will prevent me from hopefully looking like an idiot if I was to be wrong about Chino. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule, but we couldn't ask for a better team to open up against, first of all. The Browns, home opener, I think that, that's going to, you know, I think they should win that game. It could be close, but I think uh, I think this offense is going to gonna surprise people. Not You know, it's not just about the quarterback. We have a lot more uh, weapons with, uh, you know, Marshall being there now and you got Devin Smith eventually who was looking good before he broke his ribs. And I think our coordinator is finally going to use Ivory the correct way and not, you know, hand it off to a geriatric Chris Johnson uh, after Ivory's averaging, you know, like five yards of run for half the game. So, yeah, I, I'm, feel, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I think the Jets, they seem to always get this crazy favorable matchup in week one of the season. You know, last year um, they played the Raiders and they won and everyone was high on the Jets, you know, 1-0, and oh, here we go and whatnot. And then in 2013 they played the Bucks in week one and had that weird 18-17 win where they the Bucks just gave away the game in the final seconds. Uh, 2012 they played the Bills at home in week one and beat them by 20 points. Uh, 2011 they played the Cowboys at home and beat them uh, 27-24 and and back in 2010 when the Jets were uh, you know the last time they were actually a real true contender uh, they had played the Ravens and lost by one point so really you have to go all the way back to 2010 for the last time they had a challenging week one matchup and here they are again getting the Browns which is sort of a gift to get this new season new head coach new quarterback underway. Uh, Yeah it's great I mean you know I don't think that Dallas game that you're talking about was such a tough ball that was a tough you know that was a tough game you know I, I mean I was at all of them um but yeah I mean the schedule has worked out well I mean in general I, you know you talk about how hard their their schedule is and yeah I mean they have no shot against the Colts Monday night week two in Indianapolis I, I'll, I'll give you that one uh, that's one I'll 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 say there's probably no way they're gonna win um the Eagles you know, we don't know what they're going to be like, but yeah, that'll be a tough game, and Miami's going to be tough. But you know, a couple things with the Jets' schedule, they they have a little advantage by, they, they kind of have two less away games than uh, they should. I mean, this Dolphin game in London was supposed to be an away game, and it becomes a neutral a neutral territory game. Um, so that, you know, that'll help them a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's better than going down to Miami Especially, uh, well, I guess October won't be that hot. But uh, and then you know, playing the Giants uh, in in the home stadium, which uh, you know we should go to that game together, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, getting to play another game at MetLife, I mean, it's great. And they got some easy teams. You know, we got. I don't. You know, I don't think the Titans are going to be there yet. You know, the Texans are having quarterback problems. The Raiders could be better, but you know, they still got work to do. The Jaguars, the Redskins. You know, they. I, I see this team. I see the floor. This is this is this is where you may want to start recording for next year. <laughs> uh, I see the floor at a seven-win uh, team. I, I think based on the schedule going through it, they should win at least seven games. The ceiling, I think, is ten or eleven. Eleven, pretty optimistic. You know, I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict a nine-seven. You know, with the hope for a ten that you know. 
squeezes them into the playoffs, of course. 11 is uh, optimistic, doesn't, doesn't, do, doesn't do that prediction justice. <laughs> okay, Homer, Homer and insanely optimistic, maybe, we'll, we'll say. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but yeah. I'm not going to bet money on it with anyone, regardless of any odds I'll get. You know, I don't need, I don't need, I'm trying to cut back on some of my betting habits because it's gotten me in trouble, <laughs> as you know, over the years. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, it's sort of around the 500 team with, I think, definitely the potential if the offense starts gelling, uh, and the quarterback play is, at least, I mean, the quarterback play is going to be better than it was last year. I mean, even even if it's Geno, Geno's got to be better. God, I hope so if he ends up playing. I mean, if Geno comes in, it, it probably is going to be a bad spot for the team because Fitzpatrick's really going to have to screw it up. Um, but, you know, if, if with the Jets, you never know. You never know. I mean, he can get punched in the face by someone. Who, who the hell knows? <laughs> I've been waiting for the for you to tell me about the future Bryce Petty coming in and stealing the shell. I mean, if if Bryce Petty sees the field this year, we're in serious trouble. Um, I think. Uh, but I like I like Petty. I mean, he's he's come a long way in training camp. I mean, he was a deer in headlights when you know they first started, but he showed a lot of improvement uh, after the first preseason game. You know, he's getting a lot of praise. He's got an arm. Um, you know, I think I think he's a good developmental quarterback, and they're going about him the right way. I think trying to, you know, I'm I think they're going to end up signing Flynn back after week one. I'm a little worried about him being the number two right now, but you know, I think they cut him to you know not have to guarantee his contract, so they can cut him whenever Geno comes back. But um, I think Petty playing would not only be a disaster for the season, but probably for you know, the quarterback in general, because if there's one thing that the Jets have proven is if you force a Jets quarterback in particular into a game before they are ready, their career is pretty much over at that point. (laughs) Well, you know, for you, I know you're a Yankees fan as well as a Jets fan, so you don't have, you know, you don't have that Jets, Mets, Islanders stink to you, but for for Jets fans, I always feel like you know most Jets and Mets uh, fans like both teams, and I feel like they're both overly optimistic heading into seasons. And now with the way the Mets season has gone, and it looks like they're going to finally get into the playoffs for the first time since two thousand and six. Uh, even during the bad years, you know, for the last seven eight years, they've always headed into the season thinking that they're going to be better than they were, and then they eventually get their inevitable letdown sometime in the middle of the summer. And I feel like for Jets fans, you know. Are, are they all optimistic like you? Because the ones I talk to, I feel like they are, no. and I feel like no Jets fan is like, "Oh, we're gonna suck." You know, it's gonna be another long year. No one, no one ever thinks that way until they're one and four or two and six or something. So it just seems to me like there's this always, you know, this general sense around Jets fans that they're gonna, the team's gonna be good no matter what and no matter who's on the roster. You see, I, I, I don't, I don't see it that way. I mean, I probably fight with Jets fans as much as I do with non-Jets fans about how good the team's gonna be. Uh, I mean, I should get my father on this podcast at some point. He. He is, you know, begin to my yang. The, the sky is always falling uh, with him. And, and I think some of my optimism is just, you know, not wanting to be such a cranky uh, football fan. Uh, as much as my dad is as hardcore as he, as he comes, I and mean, we go to every game together, he, uh, he, you know, he's been around a lot longer. You know, he saw the, the fake spike. You know, he, he's lived through, you know, the, the, the O'Brien era. The, you know, he, you know he, he's seen it all. Uh, and I think... 
you know, I think it's worn on him. And, and I, I think people tend to be more in his mindset. I mean, there, there is a strange culture with Jets fans where there, a lot of them, I think, are such defeatists that they almost, like, are rooted, like, they're, like, fixated, okay, Gino stinks, get him out of here. And, like, they don't even want him to be good just because, you know, they come up with this mindset that, uh, you know, he isn't, which I guess most other people that aren't Jets fans also feel as well. So, Part of my mission, I feel like, is to, you know, bring a little hope, you know. <laughs> You're like Santa Claus for Jets here. fans. Yeah, yeah. I should maybe get a, <laughs> you know, big red hat and a beard. So I'll give him presents to the game, uh, during the games. Well, I know during the off season, a bunch of times you were saying, you know, why aren't we doing the podcast now? Why can't we do it now? You were full of uh, ammo with the way the Patriots yeah, season why? was going. Yeah, why? Come on. There were so many good things. You had to wait till after Richardson got suspended and Geno Smith got punched in the jaw. I'm surprised you didn't, you know, get this thing going the day either of those things happened. <laughs> well, you know, those things happen, and then Tom Brady gets off his four-game suspension, and he'll play. Oh, uh, yeah. And you look at this division, and, uh, you know, the Patriots, obviously, they're always going to be the favorite for as long as he and Belichick are there to win the to the to win the AFCs. But then after them, I mean, it's it's very odd because Miami for the last couple of years is supposed to be, you know, the up and coming team, the up and coming team. And they haven't been over to get be able to get over that hump. And now you have the Jets uh, with a whole new look to their team. And then you have the Bills with the whole former Jets look to their team, coupled with a team that looked like they were headed in the right direction uh, before some late-season collapses over the last couple of years. But what do you make it in the AFC East You know, after your Jets and after the Patriots, who uh, have to be the favorite once again to win the division? But between you guys, the Bills, and the Dolphins, I feel like it's pretty wide open for that second-place spot. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a tough division. I mean, it's going to be a fun division to watch. I mean, there's so many great, you know, storylines and great characters on all these teams now. So in that regard, I'm excited just from the drama that I, I see happening in our division. Now, you know, to talk about the Patriots, I mean, I was so excited for that, for tomorrow's game, you know, that Thursday night opener to have Brady not there and, you know, they have to defend themselves, the Super Bowl champions, and everyone talk about the flake gate and Brady can't play. And it, I was just at a big party. It would have been great uh, to, to just see that, you know. Um, but, of course, you know, you know, Kraft and the judge are buddies and he gets off and then doesn't <laughs> have to, you know, pay any penalties. Now i got to watch him play tomorrow night. Uh, and, and now I'm scared because they're going to be out with a vengeance. I mean, like, as much as I hate Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably more than any two humans on this planet, uh, they are, you know, I have the utmost respect for them, and I think they are going to just demolish teams this year because no one feeds off of this type of stuff better than they do. So, yeah, they're pretty much a shoo-in to win the division. Now, the Dolphins have got a lot of talent, and I, I think they're going to be the toughest challenge. Um, you know, their defense, obviously, with Sue now is going to be pretty dominant. They have a lot of weapons on offense, uh, a lot of good young receivers. Uh, so they're going to be tough. Uh, and then the Bills, you know, and this is where I'm also glad you don't have any clips from, from last year. Uh, you know, Rex Ryan, just, I, I just, just as much as he left his stigma – with us, I think the stigma of the Jets has followed him to Buffalo, and you know I've I've kind of turned on him. I actually was rooting for him when he first got the job, but the fact that he's just been running his mouth as much as he has, and you know I know it's weird, but it's just like 
being able to see it on the outside, I get why why everyone was sick of him <laughs> all the time. And he hired all the same coaches, <laughs> especially like hiring the offensive coaches again. Our wide receivers coach that was awful. Like we had the worst wide receivers under Rex Ryan. They dropped so many passes. Like I, he's making all the same mistakes. He's just you know all about putting on a show and. He has a terrible quarterback situation. His defense will be good, but his defense was good here, but they never, they were never that dangerous, ferocious Baltimore. They were always a tufty and didn't give up a lot of yards, but they weren't big in the big moments, and I think that's going to happen again in Buffalo. So I'm far less worried about Buffalo. So I'm hoping the Jets can compete with Miami, uh, who has given the Jets a lot of, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of grief. Uh, over the last few years, I do hope that um, you know Bulls figures out a way to get get by them. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, Rex and the Bills, yeah, just please. <laughs> to I'm hear you talk about negatively it. about Rex Ryan after hearing, uh, you know, you, you spoke about him as if he was uh, a relative for the last six years. So uh, it's nice <laughs> to see you finally come around on him. Yeah, it was an ugly divorce. What can I say? You know, <laughs> and you know, it's his own fault. He, he he didn't want to take the high road and wanted to take shots and you know what? That's what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen. Plus, I mean, yeah, I and mean, you just you know, it's like when you're in a bad relationship and all your friends are like, Oh my god, why are you still dating this chick? Like she's awful. What what are you doing? And you're like, No, she's great and then you get out of the relationship and a couple months go by and you're like, What the hell was I thinking? You know? <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> you haven't been in any of those to know. No, no, no. Of course not. Um, we could have our whole other podcast about, about well, that. Well, we haven't um, we haven't talked uh, on the podcast since he was fired. You know, throughout the whole off season and, and what went on with the regime change. And at the time, I mean, I remember you saying that you thought Idzik should go, but you could see Rex staying. And obviously, they both went. But were you on board at the end with Rex getting fired, or did you think he should? you know, have a chance with a different GM and maybe one that would go out and, and spend all their salary cap money? I mean, by the end of the season, even when I was still, I was always still rooting for Rex, well, you know, until he got fired. But by the end of it, you know, it didn't work the first time where you kept the coach who wasn't on the same page. And, and you know, and Rex, he shot, you know, he kind of gave up that season to him. And there's so much talk where he's like, he knew he was going to get fired early in the season and you know, it had an effect on everybody, but uh, I knew he had to go by the end. I mean, the only way would be to, to get a, a clean slate, and I think, you know, Woody Johnson finally did it right by, you know, getting some other people involved to help him kind of vet his players, and he got, you know, or vet his new hire, and I think he got a GM and a coach that were well overdue for this role, and, and I think so far, I, I've seen a lot from McCann and Bull that I really like. I mean, obviously, I got to see how it translates on the field, but uh, the way the preseason is gone, at the very least, you can say the way the you know second, third string players are playing compared to what I used to see with Rex when you'd have like I mean, it'd be like twelve or fourteen or nine players on the field all the time. Like the the, the backup players had no clue what's going on. We're beating up other backups, so that to me shows okay, he's able to get some depth, which that's great, and you know, he added some talent too, and did it in a reasonable way and then Bowles is you know, working on cleaning up the penalties they seem much more disciplined, much more focused team, I think this is what, this is the right direction to go in, it, we, you know the pendulum always swings, obviously but 
you need a little no nonsense and you need someone that is a bit of a talent evaluator on the GM side who can, you know, make some good moves. So, you know, we'll see how it, how it plays out on the field. But, uh, I mean, the Idzik Rex Ryan plane flying over practice, uh, <laughs> if it was, you know, circus was, it wasn't good for anybody. <laughs> well, when it comes to Darrell Revis, there was a time a few years ago when he was, you know, still a, a Jet and had only ever been a Jet, and he was sort of, you know, he was the jersey you see. When you saw someone wearing a Jets jersey, you just figured it would be a Revis jersey. He was the guy there. He was the franchise player. He leaves, he goes to Tampa Bay, then he goes to the Patriots. One season there, wins the Super Bowl that the Jets haven't gotten since 1969, and now he's back with the Jets. And, you know, I just feel like – Sure, you want him on your team because he's a winning player now, and he, hopefully he can help you guys win and do something that you haven't done in 46 years now. But, uh, you know, doesn't it feel a little tainted to have him back now, knowing that he helped end the Patriots' decade-long uh, Super bowl streak? Yeah, it was really tough to see him uh, in that situation. It was. Um, but, you know, he's like LeBron, you know? He came back home, <laughs> you know? And I do believe he did want to be here. You know, the reason it didn't work out the first time was because there was a conflict of interest with Isaac. I mean, look, he drove me crazy with his contract demands and holdouts all the time. So I got frustrated with him even when he before he left. Um, but, I mean, he, he is that good. And, you know, this is football. It's a business, you know. And give him credit because he's managed to, like, get great contracts every, you know, every time he's negotiated, he's won. So he's someone I think other players probably look up to as far as, you know, making sure he's earning his money. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. But, you know, it's all forgotten. I mean, look, look, if Rex came back and brought us to the Super Bowl, I'd forget everything he said about, you know, Buffalo. The only people that can never, ever wear a Jets jersey would be, you know, Tom Brady, and you know he wouldn't wear a jersey, but Belichick. I, I'll welcome anybody else if they're going to help help the team. So <laughs> I, I'm glad to have Reeves back. It was a good move. We finally have a player who's been here for a while that is that good that we can all get behind. It was a good good move for the fans to bring him back. I think most people have forgiven him and are happy to see him. If the Jets had Belichick as their coach starting today, you would be telling me that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. So don't act like you would never support that kind of move. It would be the hardest thing for me to, to deal with. Belichick at, at this point, I mean, he was the Jets coach for a day. That asshole freaking, you know, <laughs> resigned on the back of a damn napkin. Uh, it, it, God, it would be hard. It would be hard. I'd want the Super Bowl, but it would be really, really hard to, to root for him. I, like, I don't know. That might be something that put me over the edge. I'd have a lot of conflicting feelings there. I I I just have this feeling that if it was him, Brady, it's 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 any sports fan mentality where once they you know you hate the player till you till he's on your team and then once he's on your team everything sort of goes out the window. So it's easy to say now because there's no chance Brady or Belichick will ever be a member of the Jets. But well, that, yeah, um, that's the thing. It's not even worth the argument because both sides would make sure that that would never ever happen exactly well, i guess Woody probably would take him if he could but they hate Woody <laughs> Johnson and the jets enough where you know they they would go to the cfl before uh joining the jets <laughs> so now revis is back uh the defense it, it looks just as good as it has in a while and uh joining him back was uh antonio cromartie so it's almost like 
you know, you bring in a new regime, but it's sort of like the Jets are trying to recreate what they had, uh, you know, five and six seasons ago. Well, first of all, I, I love Cromartie. I, I have a Cromartie jersey. Uh, I was so happy he came back. I mean, he's a declining player for sure, and, you know, there's a lot of young talent at corner, too, that, you know, who knows what may happen as the season goes on. But, I mean, I just love his, I loved his attitude on the team. I love the tandem of him and Revis. And, you know, it, it just made a lot of sense. I mean, he was there with, you know, Bowles in, in, in Arizona. So he, he made a lot of sense, and he was a cheap, good bet. I mean, he, here's the big – I mean, this was the biggest issue last year. The, the, the guys that are now the, like, fifth and sixth quarter, uh, you know, corners, Williams and Walls, were starting last year. And now they're bumped to five and six, you know. And, and there weren't that many people that – got hurt ahead of them. The people that did was like a, a second-year player, Milner, and a, a, a rookie who hadn't played in over a season anyway. And, you know, so, it, yeah, I mean, th- this is a huge improvement in the secondary. And you had Buster Scrying, too. I mean, that's a huge thing. Cause we had a, probably the worst slot corner in the league. Um, Wilson, who was another Rex first-round pick, who couldn't cover anybody. Now you got Scrying, who I think is a very underrated signing in the secondary, who has been getting a lot of praise from his teammates and he did a lot of a lot of big things when he was uh in cleveland so those three it, it, it's gonna create a lot of problems when you you know throw in that offensive line we got too well you talk about this team from a defensive standpoint um the offense obviously has incredible question marks because of fitzpatrick back there even with brandon marshall and eric decker but what, what are you most excited about this season is is it the idea that Rivas is back uh like you said cromartie's back is it the the defensive line that has, uh, you know, been one uh, that's been dreaded by pretty much the rest of the league the last couple of years, or is it this uh, kind of wild and unknown offense that you know might be better than what it actually looks like on paper? What what are you most excited to watch from the Jets this season? That's a tough call. You know, I think I'm most excited about the defense just because I know they're going to be good. I mean, I'm also my excitement got a little bit you know curbed because. The defense didn't do much in the preseason. I mean, obviously, Bulls, it's a lot about his schemes, and they're not going to show any of that. And it's a new defense until gelling and working on communication. But, I mean, I know they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, what I want to see in the defense, what I'm looking forward to, is that we were, again, the Rex Ryan defense, as good as it was, turnovers, like, we were terrible at turnover ratio. Did not get, like, any picks. Did not force a lot of sacks. I want to see big plays from the defense. That is one of the things I'm most excited about. But I mean, on the offense, I'm I, I'm I'm most excited about Ivory and Marshall. I think Ivory is very underrated that hasn't been utilized in the right way since he's been a, a Jet. And I think Marshall having that that red zone threat. I mean, the red zone has been the other bane of uh, the Jets' existence for a few years. And I mean, what I little I've seen from Marshall, he's the guy's insane freak of an athlete. So. I'd say Marshall and Ivory probably slightly over what I hope to be a more explosive defense is what I'm, I'm most looking forward to. On their way to, uh, you know, an 11-win playoff. <laughs> well, Sunday uh, at MetLife, they open against the Browns. Uh, you'll be there for the 1 o'clock start. Uh, you know, what is your – do you have any, uh, you know, week one or, or home opener tradition or ritual that you go through to try to ensure a, a good season from the Jets? Uh, you know, I don't get too much into the superstition, but my father and I go to every single home opener, 
and uh, we're doing it again this year, and we're going to tailgate, and, you know, it's traditional to just eat as much food as possible, drink a fair amount um, for to help you deal with whatever comes at the end of the game, which fortunately on opening day has been a lot of excitement. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just go out and be excited because, you know, as my dad says before every game, we haven't lost yet, so we're undefeated. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, thanks for coming on to sort of preview this season, this season for the Jets, and we'll talk throughout the season. Uh, you know, maybe we'll be talking after a, a week one, and you're over, and you'll be an overconfident Jets fan with a one and zero start to the season. Or if they lose, uh, I mean, that that's going to be quite the scene if they lose to have you on here. Uh, yeah, either way, I'm sure uh, you'll find whatever I have to say rather entertaining, uh, and. I hope for my sake, and I know that's not what you hope, that they do win and that we get off to a good start. I, I always look for the positives in the Jets when I talk to you. Yeah, um, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, thanks again for coming on, and we'll talk next week. All right, my pleasure. We'll talk soon.